Hello, everybody. Welcome to today, and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie, and I talk to heroes about what excites them, and we also talk about the mysteries of the universe. I want to give a shout out to y'all for listening to this podcast. If you like what we do, please go check out our Patreon page, Death Valley Girls at Patreon, where for a mere $5 a month, you can get behind-the-scenes access to the band and podcast and help us out so very much. Today's hero is Audra Wolfman. We met Audra when we played Amoeba in San Francisco. When we saw her, we were all mesmerized. She exudes such an enchanted, cool energy, almost as if you close your eyes, you could still see her light. She's the coolest. She has two podcasts and is a burlesque hero and a member of the OTO. Please go check out her page to get in on the fun. And now, please welcome to your head and heart, Audra Wolfman. Hi. Oh, hello. Hello there. Hello. Thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. Um, <laughs> Anytime. You can lose this episode and we'll go and record another one. <laughs> I really so don't. I don't want to lose this one um, based on just pure belief that it's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like um, I don't remember much of what we talked about last time, but I... Yeah. Do you remember? No. Okay. I was um, just curious. Yeah. It's bits and pieces. Bits like and pieces dream. here yeah. too. Um, yeah. Bits and pieces here too. But uh, yeah, I guess, um, I guess I don't have like any agenda or anything, but I do remember that when I was talking to you, um, I was like in the midst of an illness that I didn't know what it was um, and had like, you know, just that process of going from like not feeling good to knowing it's something not good. And then to like having to go through um, this crazy system um, that, you know, doesn't necessarily maybe believe certain people uh, yeah. are having yeah. problems. And then coming out on the other side for me personally and kind of finding out that in a weird way, um, like it was a physical thing but I was creating it uh which is couldn't be found on those like scans and things but had to go through that to eliminate those things I guess um yeah. I think most people don't I do remember last time you're like people don't want to hear about when things when people are unhealthy but I think people yeah. need to hear about it because I think it's part of the piece of um we don't trust or listen to our bodies and they're constantly trying to tell us stuff. Um, can you talk sure. about that? Absolutely. And if, for those of us that are more anxious, um, we tend to have more health problems, you know, and, and <gasps> I totally hear you about you go to a doctor and they sort of can tell you're anxious, but are you anxious because of pain or are you in pain because of the anxiety? Um, and the runaround with doctors is very difficult. It's hard yeah. to get a male doctor to listen to a female patient, put it that way. Whoa. And I went through that. Um, I, I've always had a lot of headaches and okay. it's been like a lifelong issue of going to doctors and being like, I have headaches. And, you know, I've gotten everything from like, here's the heavy shit, you know, like here's the Percocet yeah. to, to like, um, maybe you should stretch more. Whoa, and, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure both are valid to to someone or another, and they got continually worse and worse and worse. And 
to the point where I was having them every day, like a migraines level wow. every day headache. And um, I finally found a neurologist that took me seriously. Because the thing is, is like, you go to all, most of the doctors I ended up going to were male. And uh, there's a lot of doubt when, you know, a female describes headaches or pain, they always think it's some kind of, it's something to do with your um, not biology, uh, hormones, your hormones. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I found a neurologist who was like, let's just get an MRI, you know, and see what's going on. And uh, it turned out I had a brain tumor. And my life just like exploded uh, or imploded. It imploded because it was inside yeah. my brain. Um, and that was, <laughs> that was in the end of February, early March, right before everything shut down. That is so COVID. wild. That it's is pretty weird. Yeah. Well, was it so, kind, like a little bit um, of a relief to find that, to find that there was something or was there no relief in finding what you found? It's like that old Jewish joke about like, what are you going to have on your tombstone? See, I told you I was sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a little bit of that, like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And see, 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 you know, right. I mean, even my parents were just like, stop complaining about your headaches. You know, this is just growing up, you know, yeah. stop nagging. Um, and then it comes to a point where you're like, oh, I've, I've been working on this tumor my whole life, you know, and that's uh, crazy. Yeah. It, so is that how it, it that's how it feels or that's what was happening? It's such a slow growing kind of tumor. Oh my God. They suspect that it was, you know, I, I've been working on it for a very long time. That is uh, so wild. I have never thought about that. So it was just telling you like every day yeah. something was happening. Um, has that affected how you like pay attention to other things or are you like more worried about your body if it's giving you yeah. signs uh it's not good for for someone who's overly worried about uh their health and hypersensitive with their body yeah uh, to then be proven correct that's right wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then um then yeah i i think i'm so sensitive that uh going through radiation and um having some some odd side effects from long lasting side effects from radiation like i'm super super sensitive to it in fact when i i went through um uh stereostatic radio surgery is what what it's called and it's a radiation that's basically like a beam directly to the to the tumor Whoa. and um so they don't just radiate your whole head like they used to have to yeah um so there's supposed to be less damage so I went through a series of radiations and I could smell and taste the radiation. Whoa. Yeah. And weird. I asked the doctor about that and he was like, 1% of people no. can actually be aware of that. And I was like, yeah, leave it to me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it was so strange because it was somewhere between a smell and a taste. Whoa. Uh, and it was like, it was like if you were like looking through Cthulhu's old moldy records in the basement of the ocean <laughs> or something like it was just like a strange wow like, yeah so um yeah hypersensitive uh and then I, I feel like I made it through the radiation okay I was tired and yeah. and then and then um I, my vision 
just I went blind in one eye. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. the the side of the head they were working on. Yeah, and um, so that ended up being another sort of like six month journey of um, trying to to get over that, and it could have just been like a singed uh, optic nerve. Wow. And uh, but I'll tell you, I took a lot of vitamins in yeah. addition to um, steroids, which made me very sick. But uh, I'm a big proponent of all the vitamins all the time. Yeah. And can you see again? Yeah, it came back. Whoa. It's blurry. It's blurry, but I mean, it's it's a friggin' miracle to have yeah. your optic nerve heal. So, yay! Yeah, no. I mean, to have to go through this at all for two years now is um, it's a drag, man. But I, I think I'm I'm fairly lucky considering. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, I've never this. I've never heard about. Uh, this concept before I'm going to have to think a lot about it, how a slowly, I mean, that's sorry, but that's like the biggest nightmare in the world is that something is wrong and you can tell for so long, um, but you can't see it. Uh, I'm so sorry. That is, I didn't know that that was a possibility. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, thank you. It sounds like you went through something similar in that you know, people could, you're seeing doctors that couldn't diagnose you. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I'm figuring more and more of it out, but I think I, yeah, I just made my emotions physical. Like I, I had compacted them so tight and like all of them and everyone else's and Tate just didn't know to like, that I was my own self. I just didn't yeah. know that. I just thought, I don't know what other people think, but I was just like, I don't know. I'll just take your feelings. It's free, right? It'll help you, right? And I just like made them so compact that they actually were physical, you know? And it just like, uh, it made me sick. And it gave me a fever is the main thing. That was that was what was like scary. So I had a fever for like four months or five months. And it was oh. just like, going and go yeah going to like infectious disease doctors in the middle of covid was like oh crazy. my god but they were just like yeah i mean it, it's got to be something and they're like you know just all of these weird things and whatever you know like the whole thing is just like but it never got to the point where like like they had ideas of like surgery and i took all this weird medicine i peed green for like four months it was just like bright green magical yeah so and the pill was purple so weird but uh yeah and then it was just like i i really had to like just be like no this is no you know like this is not happening and figure out like i didn't know like nervousness and all of that stuff could create a fever like that wasn't even something i knew was possible that, That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like, I know there's something wrong with me. And they're like, maybe you have tuberculosis. And I'm like, what? But like, yeah, I got all these weird tests. And it was just like, I didn't, I guess that's what, you know, after what I've come to realize now is like touring, basically what you do is you like push away all your emotions and be as helpful as you possibly can and be as small as you possibly can for like mm -hmm. a month um, and having feelings and emotions and dealing with them is like not really cool. So you just try not to. And then you, all of your releases like for less than an hour on stage and then you bottle up again. And I think the better you get at doing tour, like 
the worse you, you kind of get at doing life. And I just didn't really realize that until we had this break. And I think my body was like, oh no, we're not, you know, we're fixing this right now. Like you can't live your life on and off of tour like this. So it's just like giving you a fever. You're not allowed out. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, and it was just, I just realized it was from like emotion. Like I, I looked up everything and there's so many weird um, symptom type things. Like uh, I became allergic to alcohol, which is so strange. Like um, there's no medical reason for that. Um, it's just like, my body was like, nope, you can't do that. You it have to save like, money. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 totally. But it was just a weird thing. It's like, why? Like, you just know, like, there's like the, my machine knows it shouldn't drink. So it just like, like, I can't, that's not an option. Yeah. Uh, it's just weird. Your body is a very strange place. Um, it sure is. And the older we get, it just, it gets weirder. We're like time bombs. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, it is really weird. And particularly, I think like, I didn't really imagine to, past 20 as being like a real thing like I didn't think I was gonna live that long I just I couldn't imagine it so I'm like this is really far out like yeah. you know you know it's just like I always sort of had this idea that or it never occurred to me like oh you have to drink water every day and like when they're like <laughs> yeah. the food pyramid or whatever that stuff like you have to eat like several servings of vegetables it's like I every day like a vegetable every day a fruit every day that you know just like all these things are so I guess maybe if you learn them when you're like a little kid uh it sticks you know it's just yeah. part of your routine but I didn't learn anything like that um so were you a kid in the 80s yeah yeah me too and I feel like I grew up on Halloween candy or something <laughs> like I have no memory of any other foods except like maybe some like boiled chicken, you know, my mom would make, but I, I don't think that nutrition was really pounded into our brains. Yeah. Well, I think the reason for that, or one of the reasons I think is that, um, our, everyone before us, their, the food was real pretty much. So there, we didn't need like supplements or this or that. It was like, when you ate a carrot, it was a carrot, you know, like, yeah. uh, it had the nutritional value. And then I remember hearing like, organic food and my parents being like ah, what is that like <laughs> fancy pants tomato I don't need that like yeah. and it's like but you do now like it's it's not like the 40s and 50s like food has changed and I think we're like 80s people were like the convenience and lack of quality and um and yeah surplus of it and it's so easy and yeah, I feel like even when we ate like normal meals, it wasn't like quality food because the quality of food had gotten so much worse. Um, I think starting then maybe. Yeah, yeah. And all the, the corn reliant farming really comes from that era too. Yeah. And just Yeah, we're, we were eating a lot of empty foods. Yeah, empty foods. That's what it was. Yeah. And I remember they used to like, yeah, have to beg you to like, finish your macaroni and cheese. No, <laughs> right. You know, like whatever. But um, yeah. But 
yeah, nutrition and all that stuff, I guess, is just like, is changing so much. So you can't, it, it, like our parents, their parents, everybody, it's like, yeah, that's great that that worked back then, but it's not the same thing now. Um, and I think that that's probably goes across the board of, of particularly this country is just like, it's, oh, yeah. it's changed, just it's okay. Like, but it's, you know, you gotta take care of your body and the earth because things are changing. Um, a, a certain i don't know maybe like inner spirituality you can you can evolve into with uh knowing your body and knowing how it feels with nutrition versus like a bunch of junk food and you know stupid shit that that we eat on the road for touring or uh you know when you're busy at work and you're like just eating a bag of chips for lunch or whatever like you really feel different and there's some you realize that you yourself are the most important thing you have going on <laughs> and you have to take care of it. And, you know, you do have to exercise and, uh, you know, it's maybe a little relevatory, you know, when it hits you, but yeah. then it becomes a way of life. Yeah. Do you exercise? I was doing yoga three times a week uh, at a studio, uh, loved it. I mean, I was I was also very active in burlesque, so I was dancing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, of course, pandemic. I mean, what have any of us done in two years? Not much, but yeah, I lost a lot of muscle mass from going through the radiation and uh, the sickness from the steroids and all of that. So I'm trying I'm trying to get back there again, and you know, it's hard. It's hard to climb out of a, a out of shape hole. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, and the reward system for that it seems like it takes a little bit longer than like chips or something. <laughs> you know, it's like being right. It's like a little bit. You have to build up to that reward, which is like a bum out. <laughs> Just I don't know how else to say it, but I'm realizing like the healthier I get and the more clear my mind gets and the more of who I want to be, I'm becoming and everything. It's like all this like I just it really is like a matter of convenience that I've kind of stayed lazy or like you know just would rather be like um do anything to avoid being uncomfortable for, mm -hmm. for like a minute or two you know like running yeah. or something it's like it feels bad at first but then it feels good and it's like ooh, I don't really feel like waiting two minutes to find you know like um, <laughs> the endorphins yeah yeah it takes a long I, I don't I'm realizing how like how many things I've avoided just because of like a couple minutes of discomfort it's pretty it's shocking actually <laughs> totally and i mean obviously with with exercise it's like you it's it's so obvious that that that's why you don't want to do it but then you realize like sometimes it's it's dealing with emotional stuff yeah. that you don't want to deal with because you're uncomfortable and uh that's how we get in these like weird patterns uh you know that we have to just be aware of our own patterns. Yeah, it, it's much easier to, you know, turn on Netflix or your choice of streaming. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps even a VHS uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> eat that bag of Cool Ranch Doritos and, mm. <laughs> and not think about what the fuck we're in the middle of a plague. Yeah, well, totally. Do you I like I think you know, I think what you're going through, there is no good time, but do you 
feel happy that it or do you how do you feel about it coinciding with like everyone else having two years away from reality yeah it in that way i was actually pretty pretty lucky because i wasn't <laughs> out on anything really Sorry. it's such a stupid question but i just like i'm just curious no it's not stupid at all because i kept thinking like oh man if what would happen if i wasn't going through all these health fiascos and like could actually be out there exercising every single day of pandemic and learning five languages right. and you know improving improving everything in my life and you know <laughs> i don't know how realistic that is but yeah. <laughs> it seemed like at the beginning people were doing that um and then the depression kicks in and everyone's like oh this will never end why bother but <laughs> i think i think ultimately it's if I have to go through this kind of thing in my life, which apparently I do, uh, <laughs> it might as well be while work with, you know, the, the, the record store that I chain that I work for was shut down for a while. Yeah. And it might as well be when I can't work, obviously, yeah. and I can't, I can't do burlesque. I can't tour with burlesque, right? you know, and, um, I can't go to like meetings and things anyway. Uh, so you just kind of figure out what you can do. Yeah, no, I just, I'm trying to tell my nephews that are like seven and 11, I'm just like, you guys are lucky this is happening now. Like if this happened when you were a teenager, you would freak out, you know, like, it's true. like what if you were just about to get your license and then you couldn't, you would freak out. Like being a kid, it's like, I know it sucks. It's nobody, it's not good for anyone, yeah. obviously, but yeah. I just keep on trying to think of like, is this good? not good but like what how to like frame it in a way for like what you know everyone to see that like for me like i i feel so grateful that this happened and that I, like I, that i couldn't handle it and i made myself sick because i like unlocked the door to like fixing myself and i wouldn't have ever done that without this whole experience but yeah. I think that's like a really I'm at, looking from a good vantage point of like, oh, kind of better, <laughs> you know, like, um, but I just wonder, yeah, it's like, I guess, yeah, you couldn't play, you couldn't play shows either. So yeah, that would totally. suck to have to see those and not be able to do them. I bet that would be really, really shitty. Are those coming back? Yeah, they are. They are um, on and off because, you yeah. know, you know how it is. It's like California just uh, took down their mask laws, and oh. <laughs> here you know, and it's it's. I still wouldn't go stand inside of a theater. You know, I, yeah. I even going to movies, I feel a little nervous about that. And haven't gone in a couple of months, and yeah. So it's yeah, it's uh, a lot of burlesque started to happen online. Streaming. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and uh, I. <laughs> Obviously I was so sick. I didn't really take a lot of notice of them, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can't imagine doing that with a mask on like the few first shows we played and just like putting on my makeup on my eyes. And I was like, and then putting them, I was like, this sucks. Like just looking at Larry, like he's just wearing his mask waiting patiently for the show. And I was like, this isn't fair. Like, you don't understand how much, you know, like my lips or whatever, but it, like, I can't imagine having a show um 
yeah, it was just weird to have shows were so much weirder than I thought it was going to be to have people taking pictures of you uh, is weirder than I thought it was going to be. I think that that thing it might maybe that's just part of life is like photos are weirder and weirder and weirder, but it was definitely a real trip after like hiding for like a year and a half. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my body goes outside and it's around other bodies. And those bodies take pictures of my body for what, you know? And then it's like, yeah. oh, to remember, to remember. Um, <laughs> That's so interesting because you must've been so used to that beforehand. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, yeah, that was like a really weird thing because I had just gotten completely and fully used to it and it didn't, some people just like hold their phone to your face the whole show and I was like, whatever, like totally got used to it. Uh, but, but something happened, all the things I learned really made standing in front of people playing like an electric guitar and singing certain songs that didn't seem that important. It just was too weird it was too weird i didn't i didn't i don't feel the same about it that i used to obviously yeah. like um, that's how it is with burlesque with me like i don't know how much burlesque there will be in my future just yeah. because life got rearranged and i'm not yeah. sure if performing live is really uh necessary for me like yeah I believe in everyone else's you know true will to perform and everything and it was absolutely mine but yet when we go through hard times like this and you know go within and like have to have to actually look look at ourselves and our brains and, and our yeah. patterns and then then you wonder like do i need to get back on that stage yeah yeah well it's just I think it's really interesting because for the first two years, we toured in December, we played like three shows um, around. And other than that, we didn't play at all. And like, um, yeah, I guess I just, I, I had been looking for something that like um, could recreate that energy exchange. I was like, is there a way to have that energy exchange? Like what is even happening when we're on stage and everyone's there and we're all communicating energetically like is that can that happen elsewhere and uh and the answer is I don't think so like that definitely yeah. is something that when we were on tour I was like this is magical um this is magic like this isn't maybe it's science but it's like this is there's something calculable going on here and some is that a word calculable calculatable yes. <laughs> calculatable calculable i think you're right think okay you're right. let's go with that <laughs> okay yeah like you could calculate <laughs> you could get out your calculation device and like see <laughs> your the, pocket calculator mm -hmm, like the stats on like the energy the, there was you know just this thing that's like that is magic and it was really far out to, uh, I said this before, but like exchange this thing with people. And like, if they didn't have a mask, um, kind of be like, you know, like trying to haunt them. But also if they had a mask, I could only communicate with their eyes, which is really, really weird how much not seeing this cuts out energy, like yeah. the ability for them to, give energy to you and you to give it to them if your mouth is covered uh 
it's really hard to engage, which is so weird because I didn't know people's mouths mattered when I was playing, you know, just the weirdest things, but it, it was, it was definitely different. And I definitely, um, yeah, I want to continue to perform in some way. I just don't know that like, to me, like holding a guitar and playing keyboard seems like really made me feel like, like one of those like monkeys that has the like, that like crash monkey, whatever. I just didn't feel real, like playing the instruments. The singing felt real, but the other stuff felt like I was a marionette or something. It was, I could not get it out of my head. Like I could not, I couldn't get out of my head. And that's my favorite part is like not being there. <laughs> but uh, I guess- Do you think this is something you're gonna get used to again and stop feeling like monkey shines, but feel like- <laughs> Yeah, monkey shines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Um, I don't know. It's really weird. Like, I mean, I guess I could, yeah, it's my job so I can do it. Uh, but I think I, I think we've been talking about like maybe getting someone else to play, uh, guitar and keyboard and sing, um, yeah. that, that would be nice. Like, uh, it just didn't feel genuine. And I guess that's something I learned is do like, I can't do things that aren't genuine to me, um, with joy. Like I can, and I can't fake anything anymore it's really weird like I guess I spent a lot of my time like um not being dishonest but uh being able to push past like um certain truths of like how I felt like it's like whatever I'm fine you know <laughs> but now yeah because like, you because you got to be on stage in five minutes you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. you compartmentalize uh yeah I don't performers have performers do this yeah, I that went away. There's no like, like, hey, like, I don't know what it is, but I, I just, yeah, that my genuine feeling is I think the only thing I have that's worth sharing. I'm not like an actress. Like, I think that's so cool. And that's something I kind of this whole time I was like, I want to be be cool to be an actor or something like, yeah, um, get out of yourself for a second, because I've just like, gotten so deep in myself. But um but you know, that's, that's just not, uh, that's not what I do. I'm not here to like be anything but super honest, which is weird. <laughs> I don't, you know, like, I don't know why, but that's what's happening. But I guess, um, yeah. Can you talk about when you said, I guess, I don't know if this is bad. When you said meetings, do you mean like magic meetings? Uh, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about that? Um, yeah, yeah, for, for the past uh, six plus, probably six or seven years, I've been uh, a member of a magical fraternal order. So cool. And what are you guys called again? Uh, it's the OTO or Odo, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Ordo Templi Orientis. And, you know, I think enough of it is available on the internet that um, people can, you know, know people know what it's all about now. I, the concept of being part of a secret society or magical order or something that I've always wanted. Like as a little kid, I was just like, "Who are the Masons?" Yeah, I want to, I want to know more. And um, you know, I, I just love the concept of uh, have having having your own belief system, needing people with the same belief system, getting together and trying to build something. Uh, 
especially in this day and age when there isn't a lot of communion that way. Yeah. You know, people just sort of yell at each other online. Um, but for me, like actually getting out and going to meetings gave me something uh, to, it, it structured my life actually. Yeah. Uh, probably like church does for people or temple or whatever <laughs> it is. Like yeah. all the things that I never respected ultimately about religion, I was suddenly um, being part of yeah. <laughs> the meetings. No, yeah. yeah, I think that makes sense. I think, I think that makes sense and isn't, is what everyone in some way has or wants like to be part of something. Um, but that's so cool that you've always wanted that. Did you like, how'd you hear about the Masons or did you like, how'd you find out about all of this? Um, my interest in Alistair Crowley and the OTO started uh, I don't know, over 20 years ago. I I read a book about uh, Jack Parsons. Oh and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's one of the one of the uh, early pioneers of rocket fuel, solid and liquid rocket fuel. And so he he's like very important to um, military history and and flying to the moon and and he's such a such a modern figure but he he's been left behind a lot in history because he was also an occultist and believed in magic and in, was involved with ceremonial magic and uh he actually ran an oto uh, house in pasadena in the 40s and so my interest in him was just like wow this here's this guy who is both science and magic. Yeah. And they do kind of meet um, in, in, in uh, the beliefs of, of Alistair Crowley. He's, he said that magic is the, is the art and science of, of changing the world per your will. Whoa. And, you know, that's absolutely what Parsons was doing. And he would even mix his science with magic and before he would do a, say, a rocket test, uh, he would invoke Pan. You know, he, yeah, <laughs> he would be whoa. doing these rituals um, beforehand. I think he freaked out a lot of uh, of his partners, his research yeah. partners. Um, he also uh, was involved with Cameron, and I do believe they were married. Um, Cameron was uh, an amazing artist uh, who's really just becoming respected i'd say in the past you know 20 years and if you get a chance to look up her artwork it's absolutely transcendent and she uh you know she considered herself a witch but she also considered herself um a, an earthly embodiment of babylon cool. and babylon is kind of you know in the um cosmology of of uh the lema which is what crowley uh called his set of beliefs yeah um that is that is the ultimate fiery sexual positive uh heat power of of the universe and just often thought of as a woman right um, and also that's who you access when you you know if you're involved with sex magic that's what i was gonna ask so yeah. so can you explain um just what you were saying already but uh, when you access 
or when you do sex magic, that's what you access. Can you explain that? Well, ultimately, I mean, sex magic takes a few separate, few different forms. Um, you can do it party of one. Uh, you can do a party of eight, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever it is that you're, you're up to your business, but yeah. ultimately it's about focusing your, your, uh, just focusing on your will while you're involved in the yeah. act of some kind of sexual activity and the release, the orgasm is sending it out into the universe. And it's absolutely a way of taking all the energy in your in your life and putting it into a little, little tiny point um, and focusing on that for just that brief second and then it's yeah. gone into the universe and thelemites believe uh in true will and what we always say is uh do without wilt shall be the whole of the law love is the law love under will and will is ultimately your your reason for being, you know, like, like in the jerk, he says my special <laughs> purpose. I think I found my special purpose. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure none of my other uh, brothers and sisters in the order would like that, but uh, <laughs> analogy, but it is really your um, figuring out what it is you want. And, and there's this belief that if, if you're not doing your will, and you're living under the un, under the whip of someone else. Uh, you're living in a certain way because your family wants you to, or because society wants you to. Um, you're you're actually upsetting the order of the universe. Whoa, cool. Yeah, and and so if we're each like our own stars or reach our own planets, um, you must be doing your own true will in your orbit, so you won't crash in into other people's yeah. you know, lives. And do without wilt isn't just do anything you want. It's figure out what your reason for being on, on earth is. Yeah. And then to tirelessly follow that no matter what anyone else says. That's so cool. I love that. I feel like, did you see Mitch Horowitz's new book? I, yeah, like I want that book. It's like uh, the hardcover doesn't come out till like March, right? Yeah, I feel like that's cosmic habit force i feel like that's the Excellent. it's yeah. like don't to be your true you you're like whatever that's i can't find a good way to say that you know that's a <laughs> i wish i could find a good way but to be your true you and fight for that relentlessly is the same thing is is the best yeah. thing ever because when you're going on your path like fully in your path you're not messing with other people's paths you're helping them on their path and they're helping you and on and on um that's really cool can I ask one question actually mm -hmm. two but one question is do you um do, can magic um come from like a non-ecstatic state that's uh I yeah okay so ceremonial magic is like the least ecstatic thing you can think of okay in, in a way that you're following kind of like these steps and rules it's almost like a recipe book you know and okay. you're, you're doing these things but then they build to an ecstatic state okay so you will always inflame your belief at the end of of, of the ritual uh it's not just sex magic you know it's okay it's, no i'm just wondering because we had um 
he had a friend on that's a like a sex witch and she it didn't really completely you know that moment when it all is like oh yeah that aha moment where it's like oh i get why sex like to create energy like energy is what it's all about and like you can make your like wish list all you want but if you're just like you know not paying attention to it or trying to manifest without feeling or energy like that's not gonna work like um and then I was like oh my god you can get energy from sex or whatever like uh I guess I was just like is there another way (laughs) like is there you know is there like um because I know other other ways of thinking or other systems do have like ecstatic states that aren't necessarily started with sex um yeah there's not not a whole lot of uh, sex magic happening in my life i'll just uh, put that out there um <laughs> <laughs> but but i think through meditation yeah uh, uh and i'm not a great meditator because i have a very busy mind um yeah I feel like you and i are similar that way <laughs> yeah yeah but but uh you can reach an aesthetic state just just in your mind, just thinking. Right. You know, and and um, it, belief in a way is ecstatic state. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I guess I'm just again trying to be greedy, little like um, greedy. Uh, what's it called? Impatient person, where I'm just like, uh, I don't really wanna you know, just like I I can get in that state from excitement, like just uh, from being excited, passionate about something I can like, yeah, you you know, if you're passionate about something, you won't stop, like you can't stop. But, uh, but I don't want to wait around all day to find out what that is. Like, I guess I'm also like, yeah, I'm just like, we're writing right now. And it's like, um, we're recording on starting on Saturday. And so I've just been in my mind imagining every single thing um, and trying to be like, work faster, work faster, work faster, get more done. And it's like, now it's like, is that, it's a, it's a state of something going on up there. But yeah, I guess I'm just like, is there any magic tricks I can do so that I can just wake up? Magic tricks. This, yeah. Everything's all just well, written out. I don't feel like doing the work right now. <laughs> but, well, you know, I feel like you're always doing the work. You're music is very ecstatic ecstatic and it you have the kind of music that builds your music is basically sex magic you know like when you go up and you create with your guitar and your keyboard and your voice um you are creating a spell yeah and enacting it yeah and ultimately like that feeling of having just like accomplished and and finished a song or finished a performance or the applause or whatever it is like that's that's the big orgasm yeah magical orgasm yeah the magical orgasm that's what i'm wondering is like well maybe you can answer this uh is that's worth it right like creating that for other people and yourself that's that's worth it that's worth it <laughs> i don't know i'm just like yeah that that's the point right is you to- are creating i mean in a way you know you're you're tapping into your to your babylon yeah ultimately right perform, and you're you're creating it for other people because other people are hitting these aesthetic states uh, watching you listening to your records whatever it is 
like you know your your performances um are, are rituals if you see them that way i do see them that way for sure that's why we had to stop singing certain songs that i was like this isn't like they all have to be for something or else it's or else i can't do it but i guess so when you what so the babylon can you explain that a little bit talk about that like when you call to that or or what were you saying about cameron she can you explain oh that? yeah so right that's where we were uh, yeah sorry i just babbled <laughs> okay. on so <laughs> yeah marjorie on. get it marjorie cameron um uh really felt like she was babylon on earth like okay. she was the, or, or maybe you say like the vessel for babylon and babylon again is this like feminine power it doesn't mean she's a female it's a feminine energy you know yes and um that it, that creates destroys like fire destroys um i guess you could say kind of a kali figure um in a way uh and she's also uh she she will give you everything you want but she is very jealous whoa yeah <laughs> oh my and god and so um and that kind of goes with the concept of practicing magic right is that the whole like be careful what you're after make sure it's um it's pure yeah what you want is pure and you're not hurting anyone because magic will bite you in the ass if if you're doing it for the wrong reasons yeah and uh but yeah babylon is um it's a state of mind it's a deity uh it's anything you want it to be uh and and cameron considered herself babylon that's so cool Earth. because she was she was parsons uh magic magical sex partner yeah and he was invoking babylon in fact actually here's an interesting story he conjured marjorie cameron so he uh was doing a set like the babylon workings which were like a series of rituals for for quite a long time to bring in a woman to his life who would be his perfect magical partner yeah and then one day there she was in his house um because a lot of people came and went out of the house because yeah. it was like this awesome party pad in pasadena um where the oto met and so yeah she was just there hanging out one day and he was like oh my god this is it that's so cool and did she like also call him to her do you know no, she uh, <laughs> no. she was unaware. <laughs> okay. She, this is something that he taught her, as far as I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she was a badass man. She she was I think she was like involved in uh in the army, doing Whoa. maps. She was like cartographer. Whoa. Uh, so she had her own life going on. Um, yeah. When they met, um, but you know she she absolutely had a. Uh, a certain presence and a certain energy and a certain power. That's so cool. And unfortunately, uh, Jack Parsons blew himself up. That's how he died. Um, Whoa. Yeah, he died. Uh, unfortunately, towards the end of his life, he had to resort to doing like little uh, bombs and explosions for for movies. Oh wow! Um, because he had basically been blackballed out of the scientific community. Yeah because of magic yeah and um so so he was you know mixing up some 
some kind of explosive and and ended up blowing himself up and you know even for 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 marjorie cameron uh it was very magical to her uh in that he he left this earth in fire yeah you know it's kind of like babylon consumed him yeah um did you see that show about like they made a show about his book that book yeah strange angel yeah strange angel did you see that i saw the first four or five episodes okay and it's so not correct okay yeah to know it's interesting because the book uh strange angel is excellent and i totally recommend if anyone wants like a super in-depth history of of he and cameron like that's the book um not sure what happened when it became a tv show (laughs) except that like they were like oh you know it's too complicated to to tell the truth so we're gonna make up some stuff whoa that's weird yeah i haven't watched it yet but now i don't think i will Um, well if you do it's good for a laugh yeah that's cool and i do think uh yeah have you been to is the uh, house in pasadena still there nope no. no no longer there unfortunately that sucks i know because it they called it the parsonage um because it was jack <laughs> parsons house and uh yeah from what i understand it was a grand old house yeah victorian type house that's so cool do you think um if he were doing that like a scientist with his beliefs now that it would be any easier no okay i I mean i think people are um you know we all want to say that we live in an era where where it's okay to um have an alternative lifestyle but i think it still comes up in places of employment in ways that i mean honestly like the fact that i'm involved i've been involved with burlesque for uh 16 18 years i I don't know cool it's a long time and and when people you know i don't hide it you go on facebook you're gonna see whatever you want to see and you know for me it's it's comedy you know or you know it's it's something that brings joy to other people and i will i will have co-workers and any number of variety of of, uh jobs i've had that find that and then they think like whoa like you're super freaky or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. things you know it's the same same when they find out about the um involvement you know with the magical order um because if they know anything they're like oh sex magic you know right and it's like no it's not really what i'm into like yeah i'm I'm into like self-actualizing and focusing on my will and you know yeah if sex magic happens that'd be great but, yeah. <laughs> yeah well you definitely i mean it's weird we i just got that book right before we met you um but when we met you there's you're very very special like you're a very 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 special person and you're um your like aura or essence or being is is very like chill it's not like you're not your energy feels good to be around and it was shocking to me um that you had the you were part of the same order as some other people that are part of it that i've met before that don't have a chill energy <laughs> or like a uh uh 
or an energy I'd want to be around. And I guess I was just like, I had been too judgmental just based on those few guys, you know? And I was like, oh my God, like you don't have to have like, yeah, like this crazy, like, you know, just, I don't even know how to describe it now. Uh, But I'll, you know, it was just like when we met you and then found that out, I was like, oh my God, she feels so good to be around. That's so cool. Like, um, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Sweet. I think, um, I really appreciate that. I, I think that uh, occult groups, they of any kind, um, attract a certain type of person. They're going to be not always like the the most even keeled, and yeah, uh, oftentimes they're like edge lords who are just like, "I'm into this stuff." You know, what do you think of that? And yeah, yeah. or or they're. Um, my friend and I have this this joke of uh, we hate the mansplaining warlock. <laughs> yeah. It was basically, you know, the magician who will just ex- explain shit to you constantly, uh, yeah. and, you know, just to lord it over you that he happens to know something. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it it happens. It happens. Yeah. And and on, in any group, like I've no, I've heard totally. uh, pagan groups which, you know, are super peaceful or, you know, Wiccan groups that yeah. should be, should be like, have a feminine energy to them yeah. that have that in them too. Yeah, no, that's actually, that's a really good point. Cause I feel like you have a really neutral energy that isn't overly, which is weird is that it's not, it, it's, it's com- perfectly combined masculine and feminine energy, I guess. And yeah, those, what I'm talking about is just like a no sense of the feminine, no sense of balance, like, uh, which is weird to find when, when someone is like into something that's like a, a self, whatever, uh, uh, look inside the self and be a better you kind of thing, uh, however, however that looks, but it was, it's just yeah. weird. That's what it is. You, you're really, really balanced. That's cool. Congratulations. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I get the balance <laughs> award for today. Yeah, you do. You really Yin do. Yang award. <laughs> well, yeah, that's so cool. Um, and so are are the so the meetings are online now or they, not as they much? are actually, yeah. Um they've uh, the particular uh um uh say what not branch. Um the group, the local, the local group I belong yeah. to has classes. And if anyone's interested, they can look up Blazing Star Oasis. Cool. And that's like the local body. That's the word I was looking for. Local body of, of OTO in the, in the Bay Area. Um, there are two in the LA area. And I don't know what they're doing, but they're probably doing online stuff. And, and you know, it's just, um, it's kind of like the nerdiest book group you've ever been to. And, and we, you know, go over texts and things. And, you know, I have to admit, I have not been attending on the online stuff because frankly, I've gone through some mental changes from, from the radiation. Yeah. And it's a little harder for me to concentrate on these texts and especially via uh, computer. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, so my experience with this is changing. Right. Um, doesn't mean I don't believe in the philosophy. I pick and choose from the philosophy. That's for sure. Like anyone would, yeah. um, because Crowley was a flawed human being, like we all are. Except yeah. he was awesomely super flawed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyone can, you know, check it out and hopefully sometime soon we'll, everyone will be meeting in person again. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming here. Um, oh, cool. Right on. Um, and explaining this stuff and talking about it, I guess. Um, oh, do you know how, like, I, I just don't exactly know um, any, I don't exactly know anything, but what is it, like, where does it stand with, like, Gnostic thought? Is it? Very, Gnostic? very entwined with Gnostic okay. thoughts. In fact, we uh, run a, um, a, the Gnostic Mass every Sunday. Okay. Uh, we used to in person. That's yeah. like uh, any any OTO body will be running at Gnostic Mass. Okay, because um, that's what I think I'm really into. Yeah, or, the experiential part of belief. Yeah. Um, so, what do you? Are, what do they do at the Gnostic Mass? Are you? Allowed it's to open say? to the public. Okay. So <laughs> anyone uh, who is of age uh, over twenty one, I suppose, is okay. uh, invited. <laughs> so I I feel like I can talk about this because anyone could go. Okay. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a ritual. It's, it's a ritual um, where there is a woman on the altar. I, let me take that back. There's a ritual where there is a person on an altar because okay. it's not ge necessarily gender specific, but that person will channel Babylon. Okay. Yeah. And, um, the feminine energy must flow through this person. That person doesn't necessarily need to be female, but often is a high priestess. Cool. Yeah. And there's nudity. So there. <laughs> oh, so that's the no, that's that's how we were all born. I don't know if you know that. We were all born nude. Not me. I was born in a turtleneck. No, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Okay. I was like, why do you gotta be over 21? Um, but I think that's fair. Um, but that's cool. So that that happens. Anyone can go every week. Um, yeah, that's so cool. I would be very interested in that because, yeah, I didn't really know what Gnosticism was, um, and I'm just slowly learning about it. I'm like, that sounds like the way my head thinks. Um, so maybe I ought to push it a little farther. Sure. Yeah, because it it it's one thing that you can have like um. You can have a transcendent experience at something like a Gnostic mass and you don't have to be actually like part, you don't have to be a participant in it. You can be just, I guess everyone that's in the room is a participant, Yeah. but you don't have to be the high priestess or the priest or, you know, the, any of the members enacting certain roles to, to be part of, of, of the transcendent experience, just being there and, and taking, um, I guess communion, you know, everyone will drink wine and and eat a a, a cake of light, a light Ooh, cake. That's um, cool. <laughs> you know, look that up on the internet and see if you think that's cool. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're basically, it, it's not communion like, hey, this is Jesus's flesh and here's his blood and I'm a vampire. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's more like um, I, uh, becoming part of the you're taking the cosmos into yourself yeah yeah that's so cool that's really cool to me um i try and my i have like a meditation thing i do that uh i'm i made up but it's it's like that except i don't get to eat anything so that'd be cool to 
actually eat something. <laughs> well, maybe there could be like, you know, the communion of the Cool Ranch Dorito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just, I only have to eat 50 of those. That's just, right. Just to... I think that um, the meditations and the rituals you invent yourself, and because I happen to have something I do like every night, like a, a it's kind of like a visionary um, uh, ritual because I'm not enacting anything, but I'm running through it in my head. Cool. I think those things are, they're personal prayers, right? Like yeah. prayers are magic, uh, magic are prayers. You know, it's, it's um, those personal things that you come up with are the most important to you. They're the ones that are gonna like fire up the neurons and focus totally. your energy. Yeah, that's so cool. Thanks for saying that. Cause uh, yeah, just like also kind of been like, oh, should I um, put those on the record? Like some of those, my personal ones. Cause like, I don't know, just to help like other people. So they know what it sounds like to make up your own. Uh, That'd be so cool. Yeah, I think I will. I kind of snuck some of it into some of the songs on the last record, but um, I think I was thinking of maybe just having like, cause I have like something that I do every time I leave the house, like a little uh, prayer thing, a little song. And uh, and actually this is pretty funny that I, I don't know if it's TMI, but like every morning when I pee, you know you, how you <laughs> pee in the morning? Um, I say like, I pee and I'm like, oh, bye-bye yesterday. Hello today. <laughs> like, and I feel so proud of myself. Like first thing, like, yeah, you got rid of yesterday, good. Uh, you but, and Tommy, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, little things like that. I'm like, oh, because I think people are from my experience, and I guess you grew up around the same religion as me, is there, or I don't know to what extent you grew up around that religion, but I grew up with very little ritual and prayer, and like, um, yeah, I didn't know that I'm allowed, you're allowed to make up anything you want. Like you can just be like, before you eat your food, like, or whatever I yeah. write on every, like all my water cups have on it, like magic cure, you know, just like you can do anything you want. And you're, you're right. I think that's, you're doing it because you're called to do it. So it's more powerful than something that isn't of you. Maybe is that opposite, right? No. Uh my mind right there sorry uh i no i i think everyone should have their own prayers or rituals or you know whatever it is that you run through in your mind to calm yourself down get yourself out of the house yeah. um whatever it is like that that's going to be the most effective and um, I think it's awesome that you've got one for when you pee. And I will never forget that. Yeah. I will never yeah. forget that story. Yeah. I hope it's okay. I've kind of I've been keeping that to myself for a long time. I really <laughs> I love it. I but love it's like it. it's my secret trick for being proud every day. Like, uh, so I want to share it too. Um, but um and I guess one question is that a lot of belief systems or whatever or ways of thinking or anything have um like an idea of what happens after you die you know mm -hmm. like um do you guys have is there like somewhere you go or is the, or, is there reincarnation or do you know 
there's um a multitude of thoughts on that and okay. writings and um people that are more interested in the eastern uh philosophies but are also thelemites and, and you know involved in the oto um you know can can believe in reincarnation no one's saying not to or or you must you know right which is super cool there's a freedom there and um i'd say for the most part people just think you become part of the universe right so yeah. it's more just how you it's more about how you live this life is the mean yeah and isn't that true with judaism too like I never grew up with a concept of an afterlife. Really. Yeah, what do they think? Like, I never asked my parents, but they should have told me like, yeah, what what do they think happens after you die? Because there's no heaven and no hell, right? You know, I think in like a folk way, there's there's heaven, but I've never heard of hell like growing up. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, what's the big deal? Why do Christians get so upset about hell? It's not, yeah. it doesn't exist. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's so cool. So yeah, because before I talked to you last time, I didn't know, um, you know, how you grew up or whatever, or how you didn't grow up. <laughs> I didn't know anything. You could have just- Your Judar didn't go off? Yeah, no, I didn't know if you're just always this age, you know, you kind of have that essence that it's like, you could have always existed in that like vessel in this time, you know, you're just like-, like Yoda. Yeah, maybe <laughs> a little bit like that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't. Yoda. It's that's because like, yeah, we had a little. I I don't know. Phase is the right word, but we just found we had this Satan uh, that we brought um, on tour with us for six weeks and put it on stage because it was cool and you know, and it didn't really occur to me how much that might like. I mean, it occurred to me, but I, that it would offend some people, but I didn't realize what would be offensive about it, like a fake devil. Like I didn't, I was shocked, honestly, that some people could take offense to it because it was like so ridiculous, but it made me realize like people don't understand if you don't grow up with like good and bad this like duality that exists constantly going on is like the end all be all to all of existence and it's like yeah if you didn't grow up with that it's like satan is funny like it's you know hilarious what I, mean? I agree yeah, yeah totally <laughs> and what's in you know judaism isn't necessarily about belief it's about practice it's about yeah. ritual ultimately right and and um you don't there's nowhere in like the talmud that says you have to believe in anything you don't have to believe in it. you have but you have to do these things you have to you have to act a certain way you know be right. a decent person um so there and then you have the new testament it's all about like you must believe in jesus or else you're lost forever to to satan so it's it's, it's such an alien um concept when you don't grow up with that and you look at other people and you're like i say what are you all so upset about yeah satan no. guy is pretty funny yeah well it's also it's also so extreme like and there's yeah there's so much cool like particularly catholicism has so much cool stuff like so many cool knickknacks and things and all of this <laughs> you know and and it's so extreme that um that yeah if you don't grow up with it it really it it makes all of religion seem pretty silly 
Um, and I guess maybe why you would want to find your own personal belief. I always thought it was strange to just be the religion or thought belief system that your parents are um, without investigating it for yourself. You know, like uh, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, I don't, know, I don't have time now to think about whether or not there's God, but I will one day, like probably when I'm 20, I'll start thinking about whether or not there's God. But I'm not ready. I don't need to think about that. But you know, it's weird. It's weird um, not being in a parameter of mm -hmm. religion. Uh, well, you're right. You don't, you didn't need to worry about it. And, you know, you <laughs> might not need to worry about it now. Like, I think people that are worried about it are the ones that need to be worried about it. They feel a calling <laughs> to it, a faith. You know, I, I'm jealous of people who have faith. And yeah because they're in an, in an ecstatic state all the time because they're constantly like, Jesus is real. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that's that's so cool. I forgot about that. That's such a cool concept. It's like their guy came for them. Like mm -hmm. all of us is like, oh, he, that's not the real one. It's such a like let down and like, uh, like, let's just wait. Let's just keep waiting. Well, our guy will come to just it's not <laughs> this one though. A little bit longer. Yeah, just keep waiting. It's so yeah how lucky to have your guy come from the sky or whatever sorry that's not where he comes from but sky uh, god sky god um, I'm, I'm a great believer of sky gods i think they're cool yeah that's obviously cool. you do too with your your uh hello visitors backdrop oh there. yeah yeah well i don't think it's i don't think any well i don't think anything is different than anything else anymore i don't think that they're i mean it'd be cool I think that I changed my mind. I think there's gods of everything. And I think that that's cool. We yeah. have a song that's for the God of a lake um, that I'm trying really hard to make right now. Um, but That sounds beautiful. Oh, thanks. Yeah, our drummer uh, lives in Big Bear, has a place in Big Bear. And yeah. we were there and we were like, what's, we should write a song that's for lake people. Like there's not enough music for lake people. And then we're like, let's just write a song for the lake. And they're like, yeah, the God of the lake. Um, but now I have to put words that will be meaningful. <laughs> uh, and that's what I'm gonna do now. Um, but I want to thank you so much for coming here and talking to me. You're so much fun. Oh, um, you are, thank you. And uh, thanks for letting me be on your podcast. Totally. Um, can can we talk about podcast? I'll... <laughs> What's that? Oh, can we talk about podcasts for a second? Because I'll yes. do a plug. For... Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Please. Yeah. So I, I have a I have a podcast called Speak Easily versus the Eighties, and Bonnie was a guest on. And uh, basically, the concept of that podcast is that uh, me and my co-hosts we talk about trashy 80s movies that really had an impact on us you know maybe it was on cable all the time <laughs> you know for whatever whatever reason it became important to you when you were younger and uh yeah you came on this show and you picked a river's edge and yeah man that that was amazing it was amazing to watch that again for the very first time yeah that was wild i didn't realize how much of um like yeah i hadn't I, I didn't realize how much violence and darkness I used to um, take in, you know, and like uh, mm -hmm. watch and 
uh, consume and yeah, rewatching it. I was like, Jesus, like what this is, it's just so upsetting, but it's the best movie. It's, um, it's such a good movie, but you, it's funny that you and I both remembered it as a comedy. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> it's not at all. No, yeah, no, it's so horrendous, but, uh, absolutely a beautiful movie. Nonetheless. Yeah. Well, for everybody that lo everybody right now loves Keanu Reeves, like they need to check that movie out. And I mean, and we talked about it, but Crispin Glover, like every decision he makes in that movie is should be like examined and studied. It's like absolutely, it's pure gold. Everything yeah. he little quirk he does is pure gold. Yeah, every single I have like things running through my head all the time that he does from that movie, and it's such a good like. Um, fashion fashion film too i think personally i'm super into it but yeah you're co-hosting you're so fun um well thank you but not yeah. a comedy at all um, <laughs> we mostly do comedies on that show like um and maybe they're not supposed to be comedies but like we yeah. just did beastmaster which yeah. is hilarious uh we did Ch uh, chud too cool classic yeah. um yeah so so speak easily versus the 80s um i have a second podcast that's newer that i've been doing for a few months now uh, and it's called retrophilia okay and it's all it's cool. about the 90s um but Whoa. a very different approach my co-host uh raymond wiley uh he's in, like an early podcast guy he was doing stuff in 07 and Ooh. like that's when i found his show he yeah. did a show called out there radio which was all conspiracy and occult and cool. aliens and um you know it's just funny that so many years later to reconnect with this guy and and work yeah. with him and you know we do like stuff about the 90s that's me it's media you know but it's also kind of sociology it's a little like psychogeography too because we talk about what's like what's going on um like what's going on with people culturally at a time and a place oh okay i thought you meant like crazy geography or what it you know like i like wild. that it's <laughs> like neon and like goo splashing everywhere sorry <laughs> i'm not the fastest thinker that's so I go. okay so i get it thank you <laughs> no problem so if you like if you like the 90s uh and yeah and yeah it's it, we're not talking about slap bracelets and you know <laughs> But we're, we're, we're more interested in um, how marketing changed, how, how, um, how the alternative became the mainstream. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I want to listen to your podcast. Well, thank <laughs> right you, you're now. invited. Yeah, that's so cool. I've never thought about that. Um, it's interesting because just I, I have been thinking about uh, how like the Stones or whatever was like the most famous band everyone loved at the same time you know like something cool that everyone loved and I'm like when's the last time that happened um but maybe that's what you're talking about is the 90s I don't know uh oh you mean like hmm. wait, when wait something was, was that cool that was popular also at the same time oh happening like okay it's in the mainstream but it's also good yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's what i mean <laughs> well said yeah like i just it's i watched the beatles documentary and i was like man that is great like to be in a time where the coolest thing is cool 
I would I have like been like ah fuck the Stones fuck the Beatles I only like underground like music you know right right you'd be listening to garage rock and uh, <laughs> you know broken speakers and shit but yeah yeah but, I, probably I probably would have also been uh, rooting for an underdog yeah but the nineties everyone's favorite bands were famous um yeah I think. That's interesting because I did not like grunge at the time. Uh, I did not like Nirvana because everyone liked them. And I, yeah. you know, I was a super goth. And so it was, you yeah. know, it didn't really, it didn't make sense to me. Only later yeah. did I understand their music. Yeah, I find, I agree with you. I totally don't tell Larry, but I totally agree about all that stuff. I didn't ever listen to it because I wasn't like, about to be listening to the radio like just yeah. as my primal urge was like you can't do that but now whenever I like I haven't like I don't know now whenever I hear it in like a supermarket or at the coffee shop or wherever you hear it I'm like damn I didn't know it sounded like that like it just sounds different to me now too it's like I don't know it's just it's dirtier and cooler than I thought it was I guess when I was hearing it on the radio, you know? <laughs> right, right. And I think a lot of that comes from the context of this is popular now. This is the mainstream. And you're like, oh, I don't want to yeah. hear it. But you know what? Yeah. Pearl Jam still sucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't tell Larry. No, I, I, oh. I'm just kidding. I don't, he, I don't think he care. He wants everyone to have their feelings, <laughs> have their likes and dislikes. Um, that's very kind of him. Yeah. Well, I hope we get to see you sort of soon or as soon as we're allowed to. Oh, um, totally. And thank you so much for coming here. Is there anything? Well, I'll put the links for the podcast. Um, is yeah, there anything great. you last thing you would like to say to the uh, listeners? <laughs> well, I, I would just like to say keep listening to podcasts because awesome shows like Bonnie's show, uh, you know, and our your show. Well, thank <laughs> you. Shows. Everyone can have shows, and yeah. that can be a good thing and a bad thing. But Whoa. mostly, I like to pause. I like to focus on the good stuff. And there's so much good content out there. It's free. You get to learn things. You can listen to it while you're cleaning your house. Like they're just the most amazing things. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your super busy life being balanced and yeah. awesome. Not <laughs> um, <laughs> so busy now, but thank you. Um, and same to you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>